The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where every week I will bring you messages of hope, health, and healing. I want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer. My mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities while being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents the Lord has blessed you with. This podcast is sponsored by Exalted Health, where we are ending the war on women hating their bodies. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Sarah here today. I have been trying to get her on the podcast for months and months and months uh, to tell the story of her journey this last little year plus. Um, But Sarah is a dear, dear friend of mine. We are students together at Dare to Believe School of Ministry, and we have just become so connected and the Lord has just used both of our lives um, in such a connected way, it's just been an amazing journey. So, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy Thank to have you. you here. Thank you. So, Sarah has been battling um, breast cancer. Well, you're in remission now, but yeah. you were you were diagnosed in May of 2021. Is that correct? April. Yeah, April of 2021. So, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that and like the start of that journey? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm sorry it's taken so long, but I feel like the timing is the Lord's. So, it's always um, the Lord. Yes. Yeah, it so is. So I, I feel like there's some sort of a meaning to today. Um yeah, well, this was this was not necessarily a story that I expected, but honestly, not one that I didn't expect. Um I was talking to my business partner on the phone one night, early April 2021, as you said. And as I'm talking to her, I'm just, I innocently reached over and just scratched my armpit. And um, when I did that, just kind of the fatty part of my hand bumped um, a hard lump in my right breast. And I knew, I knew what cancer felt like only because years ago, the gynecologist had given me a prosthetic breast to feel, you know, what it feels like. Cause none of us really know Right. You know, you hear about breast cancer, you're searching for lumps, but what does it really feel like? Well, it feels kind of like a hard BB that doesn't move. And I knew this. Okay. So, um, so I felt this and I just said to my business partner, I'm like, Hey, let me call you back. Um, and I really had no fear. Like I knew, um, and I had no fear, but I'd been pursuing the Holy spirit hard and the things of the spirit for the, the year and a half, two years prior. And so I knew what to do. Um, I did it in a funny order, but uh, I knew what to do. So I I first asked the Lord, probably not what most people would ask, but I said, you know, Lord, show me the enemy in this. And I Mm, saw, I saw like an AK 47 assault rifle pointed straight at my face. And I'm like, yep, that's what I thought. This is an enemy assault. And I said, Lord, what do you say about this? What do you say is true? Yeah. And he said, well, first he kind of showed me, I always forget this part of the story. He first showed me like an egg and I'm like, okay, that's super weird. But <laughs> I saw a picture of, of an egg, like not like a hard boiled egg, but like an egg with like, like a chicken has laid an egg. Sure. Um, and he said to me, this is just a bump in the road. You are going to be just fine. If you trust me, this will glorify me. Hmm. And I knew that that egg that he was showing me, that was like new life. That was just going to be at some point ready to hatch out of this. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. And um, wow, when you start a journey, that usually is something that just grips people in fear. When you start a journey like this, this is everything, right? Um, That just set the tone um, for the next 10 months. And I trusted him absolutely completely. And I had, I had no fear um, which I think is, is the the biggest piece of my story. It's fighting this whole thing in the spirit. Um, but just, just no fear, you know, second Timothy one seven or one seven says, um, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. And yeah, the fear is a liar. You know, it they is. even write songs about it, right? Like it yeah. is a liar. the fear is the enemy. And I'm just stubborn like that and was not going to let the enemy have a foothold in my life. Yeah. I think that's so important too. And, you know, I fought cancer 20 years before Sarah and 
even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, then like I knew of the Lord. And from the second that I was diagnosed now, now I was sick for a really long time before I was diagnosed. Unlike Sarah, who didn't really have any symptoms except for the lump, but I knew that I knew that I knew the second that I got that diagnosis that I was going to be okay. Like I 100% trusted the Lord and there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to live. And I think that's really powerful. Like it shows up in a lot of stories and not to say that if you do have fear and you're going through it, that the Lord can't, you know, release you from that. But I think that's just really powerful is like having that mindset or sitting in the Lord's presence until he shows you his perspective on it. Cause there's no fear in Jesus Christ. Right. That's exactly right. So what comes next? So um, the details don't necessarily matter, but I I got into every doctor appointment in record time. You know, the next morning I had a breast exam. Um, Then you usually have to wait until the radiology department calls you to schedule. But um, as the tech was walking out the door from my breast exam, she stopped and turned around and she goes, we never do this, but here, here's the paperwork for the, the radiologist. You can just go downstairs and schedule it yourself. It's like so, the Lord had gone before you. Exactly. So the next morning I was getting um, a mammogram and an ultrasound. And of course I'm in there like covered with the joy of the Lord and bringing it everywhere I go. And these people think I'm super weird. Um, because they can see what it is on the scan, right? They can see it's pretty obvious. They know. And I, and I know, but they just, I mean, they're just thinking I'm weird. And then while I'm getting the ultrasound and the radiologist comes in, um, and looks at it, she obviously knows it needs a biopsy. And then she's like, well, this is really weird, but we have a cancellation at one 30. Do you want to come back for the biopsy? And I'm like, (laughs) well, thank you, Lord. Yes, I do. Um, And then after, after the biopsy, they send me back to, to get another mammogram. Cause they put a little tiny, um, chip for lack of a better word. They put a little yeah. tiny chip in the tumor. So they want to make sure it shows up on the mammogram because it marks where it is for a surgeon. Right. Um, and this, this ultras or, uh, the mammogram lady, um, she's just like, you are so weird. <laughs> As I left, I'm like, well, I hope I get like the, the best patient of the day award. She's like, yeah, we've been talking about you all day. Cause this is not normal. Um, well, so the joy of the was, Lord is your strength. It, exactly. Exactly. It. Right. Um, so I ended up, let's see, that was still on a Friday by Monday morning. I had my annual gynecologist exam. Cause I was right at that year anyway, right. where I needed to go in for that. So I go in and see the doc. And before she left, she says, Hey, do you, you know, do you want to have, you know, blood labs drawn to look for whatever? And I said, well, as long as I'm here, why would we not do that? So the doc left and I'm sitting there waiting for the tech to come back and draw blood. And I'm sitting there and sitting there and sitting there looking at my watch. And I'm like, this is super weird. After like a half hour, 40 minutes, I'm like, why am I still sitting in this room? I think they forgot about me. Yeah. So I'm like, this is super weird, but I'm going to have to get up and wander the halls and see like, hello. (laughs) So I got, I stood up and, um, then I had this thought, I'm like, wait a minute. I've, I've like, I've learned about like hiding angels and, and different things the Lord does to hide things. And I'm like, Lord, have you sent hiding angels in here to hide me? Because I'm supposed to be talking to you. Like, am I, if, if I miss something, he creates a space, right? Exactly. So I sit back down and I sit and talk to the Lord and it's instantly clear that yes, that's what I was supposed to be doing in that time. So now I'm talking to him and he says, stand up. And I'm like, uh, what? And he said, stand up. And I'm like, well, Lord, this is super weird because if they, if they Walk do in. here now, you just want me to stand up in the middle of the room. They're going to think I'm crazy. He's like, I said, stand up. And so I did. And he said, I want you to declare right now that this is finished. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I, I said, okay, I declare in the name of Jesus that this entire journey is finished and I'm healed. And he said, okay. So then I was allowed to go wander the halls and find out um, where they were. And the doctor had actually left for lunch and she didn't tell the tech that I was in there. So they had no <laughs> idea. Um, so that was just kind of funny because I, I just saw him specifically and then I've been learning, right. When things, right. It's, it took me a little longer this time, but I, I finally was learning to like seek the Lord in what's going on. And not. And just- I think that's so important though. Cause if somebody else hadn't been paying attention, they would have just been mad that this doctor 
made a mistake right. and that their time had been wasted, but you were like, okay, Lord, what are you doing in exactly. this? Right. And I think we can all learn something from that. Myself included, even when you're walking in this stuff, it's easy to get distracted by worldly things and not look up in those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. So fast forward to Wednesday and, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for this call, right? They've done the biopsy. And so the nurse calls and I know what she's going to say. So as, and my biggest thing with this is I, let's just get out of the way that I'm stubborn. Right. So that's, (laughs) that's, it's a, it's a good thing um, in this whole journey, but, but I'm stubborn. Um, and I refuse to come into spiritual agreement with, yes. with any of this that's going on. Now, this might be happening to my body in the natural, but I won't come into spiritual agreement with it. And I think that's a whole new topic that you could probably Why don't have. you clarify just really quickly what that means? <laughs> just really quickly. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You could have 10 podcasts. To you could, you could, but you know, we, we are bi-located. The Bible says, you know, we are not only here on this earth, but we are seated in heavenly realms with Jesus. Um, and it's, you know, in the new Testament, the word sozo appears about 110 times. And and the Bible says that Jesus, you know, died on the cross to sozo us to save, heal and deliver is what that word means in the Greek. But so often in our new Testament, it was just translated for saved, but the Bible says that he died to save, heal and deliver us. Yes. And that's the truth. That's the truth. And that is um, the spiritual place that I want to be with him, you know, seated in the heavenly realms. And so I want to agree with heaven and what the Lord says is true and not what the thief that comes to kill, steal and destroy says is true. Right. So whereas I can still go through the motions and fight this in the natural, in the spiritual, I'm going to claim my inheritance that Jesus died for. Yeah. Claim that you're healed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Rather than, rather than coming into agreement with like, oh, cancer can kill you. Right. Right. Exactly. Rather than agreeing with that, you're agreeing with what the Lord says, which is that he comes to save, heal and deliver. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Exactly. Right. So, um, so when the nurse calls, you know, I'm ready with my phone, I've got my phone um, sitting on the counter and I am about ready to put her on mute as soon as she says this. So as she's trying to say, you know, okay, well, this biopsy, you know, result did come back as cancer. I'm hitting mute. And I'm like, I break that off in the name of Jesus. And (laughs) You know, it's one thing. So through this entire journey, I I will say I was diagnosed with, I will never say that I have this or I have this. I just, I won't, I I won't. Um, And, you know, the Lord also um, in his word said that um, life and death are in the power of the tongue. God spoke this world into being. Our words are so powerful uh, and I don't think the church in my history has done a really good job in explaining that, but now I understand it so well. Um, when we when we speak life, we're releasing that power into the atmosphere that that God can use, you know. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's I think even even the world understands this, right? You've got um, the secular world that's talking about. Be, be positive, you know, don't be negative. If you're positive, good things will happen. Um, and what you focus on expands, like the secular world understands this, but the church doesn't always understand this. Right. So, you know, staying out of agreement um, with the enemy and just keeping positive um, words that align with God's word, that it's just huge. And that's, it's part of the spiritual battle, which is really the theme of this whole story is fighting this in the spirit. Yeah. Um, so after I got this diagnosis, um, honestly, one of the first things I did is go back and uh, break generational curses. My mom had breast cancer. My maternal aunt has mm-hmm. had it twice. Um, and there's a generational curse there. So yeah. um, really with with obviously help from the word, but also Derek Prince's book, Blessings or Curses, You Choose. Um, that really helped me walk through understanding generational curses and breaking them. Um, and so I spent a lot of time doing that, but I also spent a lot of time in repentance. And I know this isn't necessarily always a popular thing in the body of Christ. Nobody wants to think that, well, I could have done something that could have brought this on. Sure. Um, but you know what, when my mom, my aunt got breast cancer, then my mom got breast cancer. Granted, this was 25 years ago. 
I used to say, well, I'm probably next in line. I also said that. Yep. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. I also said that. Yeah. I said, I'm next in line. I said, but I'll, I'll find it myself. I'm not going to wait and avoid going to the doctor. I'll find it myself. Like, and the thing is, is life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. And I, and I knew I'd said those things over right. my life. Also knew that I had said those things. Right. And yeah. it's the other thing is, um, I have been a not so happy a cup most of my life. Um, <laughs> and, but you know what I, well, and thank you Jesus for that. Right. Because this lump was so prominent. I found it so early yeah. because I'm not big busted, but you know, there'd been times in my life where I said things that if I go back and think about it, it was kind of cursing my body Yeah, and putting word curse over breasts. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time um, in repentance for that because I knew the power. And I love how you're clarifying that. Like, I think people get offended when they think they need to repent. But like what Sarah's referring to is like, if we're not aligning with heaven in our words, like then we're aligning with the enemy. And a lot of people don't get that. They want to be offended that they, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I just said these things, but it's, we got to look at the bigger picture because if you're not aligning with heaven, you're aligning with the enemy. And like, that's just opening up doors for him to come against you for assignments to come against you for him to harass you. And so that's what Sarah's referring to when she's talking about repentance. Does that, does that sum up what you're trying to say, Sarah? Yes. Yes. And you know, in Ephesians, um, in Ephesians 4 27, it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our sin, um, our transgressions, um, our, the generational iniquities that come through the family line, like all of these things give the devil a foothold. So in this whole battle, like I'm fighting this in the spirit, the Bible says that, you know, the fight is not against flesh and blood and our weapons are not carnal. Um, This is a spiritual battle. And I fought this 100% in, in the spirit. And um, so what she's doing when she's repenting is she's breaking the agreement that's made, whether it was her or someone in her family line. Yes. And that's exactly right. So, um, and the more I did that, like the more freedom I got and it it just so good, it just releases, you know, the devil obviously is trying to do this to kill, steal and destroy. But I'm like, uh, uh, I I know my weapons. Um, I spent so much time in worship. The enemy hates worship. So, which means I love it all the more. (laughs) Um, and the moment, the moment I would even get, um, just a slight bit of, of fear that would creep in. I mean, I shut that door so immediately. Um, I love how in second Corinthians 10, it says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage the war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. So the moment fear would come in at all, I was taking that captive and saying, I see you fear. I will not partner with you. And I send you back to the cross and it would just stop. It would just stop. And that wasn't me. That wasn't my reaction. That was the demonic whispering into my ear that I should be afraid. But, you know, let's go back to the beginning of the story. God said, if you trust me, this will glorify me and you're going to be just fine. Yeah. So good. So as I'm doing this thing, these things, it's only like a week after I've been um, diagnosed, but I'm driving home one day and remember the first thing the Lord showed me um, of the enemy coming at me was an assault rifle pointed Mm -hmm. at me. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving home and I'm like, Hey, wait, Lord, I guess I've forgotten to ask you, but now that I've been working with you during this past week, will you show me what the enemy looks like now? Again, I saw an assault rifle. But it was like those cartoons. I, I don't remember if it was like Wiley Coyote or what the cartoons <laughs> were back in the day. But I, I saw like a cartoon long gun. And all of a sudden, the barrel of the gun drooped. Yeah. And so the good. word that came through with that was impotent. Hmm. And I mean, the Lord was just showing me how all of this um, warfare had rendered the enemy impotent. So good. So, so good. So anyway, I've done all this in record time within, within three and a half weeks of finding the lump, I was already starting chemo. Um, and I was, um, 
put on four rounds of AC chemo and and 12 rounds of Taxol. For those of you that know chemo, um, yeah, AC is pretty harsh. And so let's talk about that for a second, because it's really easy before everything starts to be, you know, like, okay, the Lord's got this. I'm going to trust the Lord. And then all of a sudden you're physically ill from chemo. What does that look like for you? Well, it's interesting because this entire journey didn't bring tears. You know, I was, I was fighting it with joy Um, and the Lord was covering me with that, which was so awesome. But my, my only tears came on the way to chemo because I honestly, with everything he told me, I thought I was going to have some weird, miraculous healing story right before chemo. And this was going to be the biggest testimony to the Lord ever. Um, But that wasn't his plan. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine that was constantly praying over me and what the Lord kept showing her over and over and over again was this isn't about you. This yeah. is about other people in this journey. It's not about you. And I'm like, okay, Lord, well, what else can I do for other people? Like, <laughs> really? But that's, I mean, it just was so strong and she's such a prophetic person. She hears from the Lord so well. And so it like, that made me understand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go, I go into chemo the first time. This is all still just barely past COVID stuff. So you can't have um, anybody in there with you. So it's just me and the nurses who I kind of forced to be my new social life. So that <laughs> I got to know them well, but my first time in chemo, they put me in this private suite and I'm like, well, this is kind of a VIP service. Um, thank you, Lord. And otherwise, you know, it's just kind of open bays. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of have walls in between you and the other chemo patients, but it's fairly open. So this was a room with the door that closed, which is kind of cool. So they started this chemo, um, but the, the AC is a combination of, um, I'm not going to be able to say the names of these two chemos that they put together as a cocktail, but it's bright, bright red. And it's, it's so harsh that um, the nurses, when they administer it, they wear hazmat suits and what I didn't like was people refer to it as the red devil. And so, you know, anytime anybody would say anything about that, I'm like, Mm-mm, break that off in the name of Jesus. We are not calling anything going into my body, anything about the devil. Yeah. That is, you know, this is washed in the blood of Jesus. And we are seeing this as the blood of Jesus coming through to wash out my body. Yeah. So good. So anyway, I'm sitting there, you know, and you don't know what to expect. I have my computer in a book. Cause I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. Um, and you're sitting in this easy chair and there's, there's this drip of saline and chemo going into your body. And, um, you know, the, the word says that Jesus is always with us. I mean, clearly he's in us, right. But he's always with us. So I'm like, okay, you know, Jesus, where are you in the room? And I could see him standing between me and my easy chair. And there's like one foot away is my chemo drip. And I see him standing there with his arms spread out as if like, like the, as if he was on the cross. So, you know, I see this and I'm like, okay, Jesus, you died for this, right? Like I know he died to save, heal and deliver. So I'm like, you died for this. Like, thank you. And then it took a minute, but I'm like, oh, that's not what you're saying. He was standing in between me and chemo and he was shielding me from it. Yeah. And And when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I get all teary and I'm like, okay, I can't, I literally could not look at him. Cause if I look to my right, I could see him standing there, but then I would cry. Cause that's so beautiful. And I'm like, no, these nurses are not going to think that I'm crying because of chemo, because (laughs) that is not, I will not cry over chemo. Um, It just, yeah, I just wasn't to me for me. This is not for anybody else for me. Well, chemo didn't make me cry, right? I mean, that's not that wasn't that wasn't a reaction of me, but also for me, I felt like uh devil, you're not you're not gonna see this get to me. No way, because I've got the power of Jesus. So I literally he stood there in between me and the chemo every single session. And wow. um I could never look though. I could see he was there and I knew it and he showed me, but I couldn't look because um I mean that the picture is just so beautiful that um I, I just couldn't focus on that or I would would have sat there and cried. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So, and it was, it was that first chemo round was hard just because they don't have the cocktail plus the saline and the, um, 
the other meds right in there. So I got lots of headaches after the first time, but by the second time they learn how they can tweak it for my body. So, um, it definitely, it definitely got easier. Um, they told me that pretty regularly your hair falls out after the two week mark, which is right about when you're going to come in for that second chemo session. And, um, like clockwork, just at that two week mark, I'm sitting in my office at home in the morning and it's kind of where I come and spend the morning with the Lord and worship and get into the word and pray. And I could see him stand by it's actually nobody can see this, but it's the chair I'm sitting in right now. Like I could see him come behind the chair and he put his hand on my head. Um, and with, by that evening, my hair was falling out. Mm. Um, so it was just kind of cool that he's like, yep, this is going to happen today. This is where we're at which then it made me remember a moment, probably about a month or month and a half before that I was in bed at night reading a book. My husband had already fallen asleep. And so I'm there with a little bit of a light on and I feel something on my head. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm sitting in bed and nothing's covering my head, but I can feel something stroking my hair and kind of running running their fingers through my hair. And I'm looking at my sleeping husband thinking, well, it's clearly not him. And um, I knew pretty instantly that it was an angel, but it was so strange that, I mean, I I let it continue because I'm like, I this has to be an angel, but it, it was still so weird. At some point, I finally put my hand up on my head just, just because my brain couldn't comprehend what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, but I really believe that that was sort of um, a prophetic thing that... Yeah. You like know, I Lord, got you. Yeah. And the Lord is just telling me that something's coming. And um, I don't know, there's a bigger prophetic picture there of wisdom and um and the wisdom that I had in the beginning because I've got the hair, whatever. It just it was it was kind of cool. So it was just interesting that the Lord told me the day my hair was gonna come out. And of course, I scheduled that moment. I um uh I, I'm like, I gotta call my friend Shannon to come cut my hair off because if I did it at the right time, I could have a wig made out of my own hair. So in that day, my friend Shannon called and she's like, Hey, do you want me to come and cut your hair? And I'm like, Shannon, this is so weird. I was just thinking I needed to call you. She's like, I just felt the Lord prompt me. And she came up there that day to cut off all my hair. <clears throat> and I've got super cool pictures um, of that haircut. And um, I, it, I, yeah, it's just super cool. My husband and I thought love- it was- I love how you made that such a joyous day. Like that was, it was, the pictures are beautiful where you can just see the joy of the Lord on you. And it wasn't like a morning. It was oh, a, not at a all. celebration. Yeah. yeah. And the moment all my hair came off, my husband looks at me and he's like, well, you kind of look like my son now. <laughs> Which is all, I mean, because that's what you do, right? You laugh. Yeah. Uh, laughter. That's another, that's another weapon in the spirit. You know, the enemy wants this to destroy you. And no, no, even the Lord sits, sits in the heavens and laughs at the plans of the enemy. Yeah. So laughter, laughter is huge, a huge thing. So I was set for four rounds of the harsher chemo and then 12 rounds of a a little bit lesser chemo. Um, And and really during that whole time, like Jen, you remember, I would come to the, I would go keep going to school and go to the the dare to believe worships nights. I would be in church. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up getting to go down to Texas, um, for a dream inter biblical dream interpretation, um, class. And it's so amazing because even though I felt like crap, um, and there certainly were days where, you know, I couldn't get out of bed and, and days at a time, but when I would get to these things, as hard as it was to get there, the Lord would lift my symptoms I and I that. feel good at these events. And, um, it just, it was, it was just so, it was so beautiful, um, during that time. So that I, I was very grateful for what he did there. Um, and also after I had gotten through the harsh chemo, then I had um, my genetic testing results. So with, with breast cancer, there's so many different kinds yeah, um, and so many different courses of treatment. Um, but one of the things is, okay, you know, what, what do we do with this breast? You know, do you end up having a lumpectomy, a mastectomy? And the, really the, the thing that kind of helps make that decision is the genetic testing. Um, if you've got this in your genetics, you know, they often recommend a mastectomy or double mastectomy, um, because you've got a higher likelihood of it coming back. Well, now we know my mom had breast cancer and first, um, 
And so I had just been praying they, for genetic testing. They take your blood. And then, you know, a couple months later, you get the results. But I'd been praying so much about this. And I'm like, Lord, just let this let this freakishly come back with with no genetic link, um, because I knew that would really mean lumpectomy. Um, and I, I got the call. And yeah, there was not one ounce of genetic link in this. <laughs> and I am convinced beyond anything that this had to do with the breaking of generational curses. Yeah. Um, and, and the repentance and everything, all the, everything I did in the spirit in the beginning, um, you know, I really, I really believe that this was the result of. So for me, the decision was lumpectomy, which is kind of what they recommend, but you can always have a mastectomy or double mastectomy if you want to. But for me, that kind of a decision would have been out of fear. And remember, I have yeah. no, I have no fear. Right. <laughs> That's, no, I'm taking every thought captive. There's no fear there. So I am very much, um, you know, was heading towards a lumpectomy. Um, so that was, that was just such a huge miracle to me. I have a list of all the miracles that happened during this whole journey. And there's so many that you can't even start to count them. Um, but that was, that was one of them. And, uh, as I got towards the end of chemo, I did have a lot of fluid retention. I had gained a lot of weight and my ankles kind of look like an elephant by the end of every evening. And, and long story short there, they actually ended chemo two rounds early. Mm-hmm. And so instead of 16, I only had 14 and, you know, the doctor said, yeah, there's really not much research that shows these extra two doses will do much of anything. And so I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus, for saving my body. Right. Because by then the the tumor was completely gone, right? Almost, almost. It was much, much smaller. Um, And so, but then you have to wait like a month um, to get in to see the surgeon. And then they schedule the lumpectomy because they want, you know, chemo makes your body not heal as well. So you need some time for that to get out of your system. So, but then of course, as God would have it, I got into that surgeon way early and she already had room on her schedule a week later. So like, like 30 days after I finished chemo, that's usually when you'd have the appointment, maybe schedule in the next 30 days, but I was already having my, my surgery. Um, and it just, I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was so easy. And I, even now I just have a very slight scar. Um, you really can't hardly see it. Um, you wouldn't know that it was there. I didn't have, I don't have any deformity because the lump was so small because I found it so early. Um, and, and the chemo shrunk it a lot, but you know, I really don't even have any deformity. I have a bigger scar where my port was on my chest. And so that was, that was just huge. Um, and then after that, I did have to have radiation, um, because of my type of cancer, but same thing. Um, I got to go in and, and I didn't say this about chemo, but every time I would go into this hospital, First of all, I, I drink a lot anyway. And of course I'd had some coffee in the morning, but I would have to run to the bathroom all during chemo. And I would roll my little chemo card in there and I would go in there and I would have to pee. But then I stood in there and I was releasing healing over that whole hospital. I was, you know, declaring that there was going to be um, victory over cancer. And I mean, I just, I yeah. spent so much time in that bathroom um, with the Lord. Um, Job, Job twenty two twenty eight says that, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Mm. So um, it's, yeah. So I was in there declaring what the Lord says was true. And I just figured radiation was a pain in the butt because you have to drive a half hour to get there every day for 20 days in a row. Right. Um, but the Lord wanted me in that hospital. He yeah. There was a purpose for me having to be in there and for the people that I met and saw and the people that I prayed for, um, you know, as, as a whole in the hospital. So that, as much as I, I didn't love driving there every day, um, that was that there was a lot of purpose to it, I know. And when I was in radiation, you know, you're in this almost like spaceship type thing, and there was um all these little twinkling lights on the ceiling and this rainbow of colors of lights all over you, and you know, lots of prophetic things when you look at the Lord sitting or God, the Father God right. sitting on the throne, you know, and the lights that are all coming around him, and you know, and as I'm laying there again, every single time, um, the radiation would come like a laser, um, through this machine. And it's very pinpointed. It's pinpointed exactly at the, at where the tumor was. And I could see Jesus standing there and his hand was right between the laser and where it was pointed on my right. And I could see the laser having to pass through his hand. 
before it got to me. Cause I mean, radiation isn't necessarily great for you, right? No, I've, I remember my mom's scars from radiation when she went through it and it was brutal back then. Yeah. And I kind of look like I got a little sunburn. Um, but really other than that, it didn't do anything that I could see, but I mean, I could just see that his hand was filtering everything and yeah, what she thank you, Lord. Through. And yeah, that was, that was just amazing. Um, so I finished that. And the last thing they wanted me to do was take a chemo pill and they wanted me to do six rounds of this pill. Um, and again, long story short, I got through about one and a half rounds and I was getting a very weird reaction with blisters on my feet, but they were internal. You couldn't see them. And it, it got to the point where I couldn't walk. It felt like I was walking on nails. And, um, I called the doc about this. Of course, this is some weird reaction they've never seen before. The pharmacy <laughs> never heard of it before. They said, stop taking the pill. And um, I, I then had to get in to see the doctor. And he said, well, this pill, again, only gave you a 5% boost over everything else you've already done. So you're done with that. And that was really like the Lord had me walk the journey. But again, remember, in the beginning, he said this journey was about other people. Yeah that chemo pill was only about me. Like I wasn't at a hospital. I wasn't in contact with other people Mm. with cancer. I, it just seems like that part of the journey really wasn't, um, that was only about me and that wasn't the point. So the Lord stopped that. And I knew he told me from the beginning that there was going to be a spiritual weight on the timing of this whole journey. And ultimately it ended up being 10 months Um, just about to the day. And that, that 10 in the Bible speaks of God's perfect kingdom order. Mm. So that was, I mean, that was beautiful and, you know, finished this journey. And I, like I said, I hardly have a scar, but I have just like the marks of Jesus miracles um, on me and just a testimony of goodness. And I've got five inches of hair on the top of my head. Yeah. That's incredible. I kind of of look like Kramer with hair sticking straight (laughs) up in the air, but um, (laughs) Like, it's just amazing how this is in 10 months, you can go through a journey like this. And like what he just showed me in these 10 months was, was it just nothing short of a miracle. Like I, right. I, like this experience, what he did and what he showed me about healing and fighting in the spirit. Like if I ever, I, I mean, I, this taught me how to trust him completely because number one, you don't really have a choice. Well, I guess you do have a choice, but that is your choice, you know, to press into that and completely trust him beyond anything. And now it's like, you know, okay, world, you know, bring it on because now I see the power of Jesus. Like I have never seen before and his ways aren't above or are above our ways, right? Like we don't, this isn't necessarily how, how I would have made this story turn out. I would have been like, Hey, I have to have one more mammogram before everything starts. Let's have it completely disappear and fall on my knees in the in the doctor's office right there and just praised, but that's not, that's, that would have been a great testimony, but it wasn't a full testimony where I can relate to other people going through these things. And right. And just the power of healing. He's been having me pray healing over so many more people now and is, is starting a, just a, a healing wave through our church. And it's like, I'm praying for people and like, I don't get it, but they're getting healed. Like, I can't explain it. But now that I've overcome, mm-hmm. I overcame this. Once and, you conquer something in the spirit, then it's something yes, scary. Right? Yes. Yes. And so I've just got, I mean, all of us have the power to to pray for people and have them get healed. You know, Jesus gave that to his disciples. He had the 72 go out and do that. We're actually commanded to go heal the sick. So I believe right. every single believer has that um, in them. And it's just whether they choose to exercise it or not, you know, the way that Jesus teaches us. Well, let's talk about that because, you know, you and I learned this in ministry school, but most churches are not teaching this. No. And so, you know, let's just talk about that for a second and how that is like how we're falling short as Christians that we've just kind of swallowed some of these diagnoses, these things that are very worldly. And we've forgotten that whole spiritual component. Right. Right. Cause the Bible says that we do not war against flesh and blood. Right. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, first of all, you hear a lot of people, um, 
blame God for, for these things and these sicknesses, which the enemy, the thief came to kill, steal and destroy, but yeah, but God came so we could have life and life abundant and, and cancer or other diagnosis is not life abundant. And we know that Jesus died for this. He died for his, for our healing and by his stripes, we are healed. So the point is we need to go after what he paid for. Um, but, and, and I think there's different things, right? You can pray for people for healing. And when we see somebody healed instantly, that's a miracle, right? I mean, that's, I'm not using that as a metaphor. It's actually a miracle right? when people don't get healed immediately, but then they get healed over time. That's a healing. Like there's a difference between a miracle and a healing. Uh, but there's also so much scripture that we, we don't have time to dive into, but, um, our our sin, our transgression, and our iniquity, they also they open spiritual doors that allow the enemy to come into our lives and operate in different way. Yeah. And like a landing I, strip. Yeah. And I had a very wise teacher that just I just listened to who did a whole teaching on the difference between sin, transgression, and iniquity. And I never understood the difference. I thought they were just different words for the same thing. But when you dive into the word, it's very clear. Sin are things that are sinful, but we don't necessarily know. Like we don't realize that we're doing this thing that the Bible says we shouldn't do, that it's against God. It is, it is wrong, but we don't realize it. And that's sin. Whereas transgression is like our intentional sinning. Like we know it's wrong and we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Then iniquity speaks of generations. So that's different, different transgressions that happened, you know, up to the third and fourth generation, um, in front of us. What's the teaching that you were, that you're referring to? So I can put it in the show notes. Um, you know, it's, um, it was Ken fish that was teaching this and I would have to go back and find, okay, we'll just put Ken fish for you. That's okay. But, um, you know, so sometimes there's, there's different ways we can get healing. Sometimes when people are just praying for healing, we can get miraculously healed in the moment, or we can get right. the healing over time. But there's also, there's also other things when you've got sin in your life, um, transgression in your life that has opened the door for the enemy and it allows him to wreak havoc in your body in different ways. Yes. That when we sit and, and we repent for those kind of things closes those that, doors. Yeah, exactly. And we can, um, we can get rid of the legal right that the enemy has had in our life to do those things. Yes. That's such a good explanation. And, but sometimes too, with, um, you know, generational iniquity, there's things that happened three generations ago that we, we might not even know about. So we have to come to the Lord and ask him what's going on. But if we stand in repentance for some of the things that have happened in those back to three or four generations, and thank you, Lord, for putting that cap on it so the enemy can only go back three or four generations, um, you know, instead of further. But when we stand in repentance for those things, even though it wasn't us, and that's very hard in our our American mindset right. to be apologizing for something that isn't quote unquote our fault. You know, but when there's power in the spirit, when we stand in repentance for something that our ancestors did that was not repented for, we then again, close the door. So the enemy doesn't have access there. It's all about the heart posture too. Like that heart posture when we're thinking and acting like Jesus, you know, people get offended by this, but offense isn't of Jesus again. Like, so just having that humble heart posture Go on. Sorry. I just had to add that in. No, exactly. And it's just that, um, sorry, you just distracted me by saying the word (laughs) offense. And that's one thing too, that, that offense offenses from the enemy. And that opens a huge door. Huge. Um, But when we're negative, when we're bitter, um, when we hold on to things and we don't forgive, Mm -hmm. that also gives the enemy a foothold. And it's like through this whole journey and really in my whole life now, I am constantly asking the Lord, what can I repent of? Bring something to mind I can repent of. Like, because the more and more I repent of things and I forgive, um, number one, it becomes habit to do it right away, right? So it's yeah. not something that just sits and festers, but it brings us more freedom. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's freedom in health, freedom in spirit, freedom just in life in general, it brings more freedom. But there are there are 
times when people are sick because they are are so bitter and resentful and angry at people. And there's different, I'm not going to know addresses, but there's so many different um, verses in the Bible that talks about, um, you know, even being bitter and it making the bones weary. And um, it's like these, these ideas all come from the word, but so often, especially in the old Testament, we read, we read past them. We don't understand what it's really saying, but God's giving us the answers. Right. If we can just keep ourselves completely clean and, and be in repentance um, and, and in communion with him, like how yes. often do we just go to church and listen to the sermon and then go home? We never ask him where he is in the room. We never ask him what he's doing in this situation. Like we've just, the church also has not, in my opinion, done a great job of teaching us how to be in relationship with the Lord you know, and that's a lot of what I do with my coaching is teach women how to be in relationship with the Lord in terms with their body. And so many women are like, I've been in church my whole life and I've never been taught. Right. Like how to communicate with the Lord like this. Well, and how to sit in the presence of the Lord in the spirit, which I don't know that I would have understood this until I understood this. And because obviously you're sitting here right on a chair in this natural world. Um, but just connecting through worship and through prayer there's a point where in the depth of that, you're suddenly in the presence of the Lord, which does make sense because we are seated in the heavenly realms with yes. him. We are yes. bi-located. So if we're seated in the heavenly realms with him, you know, we we can we can be present in that spirit. But I think we get so used to our natural world that we've kind of shut off our spiritual eyes, spiritual oh ears. So good. Like, he gave us all these, these five senses in the spirit, just like we've got in the natural, but it's learning how to tap into that. But the mm-hmm. key is time with him, time yes. with him. When your mind isn't wandering, you know, what do I need to get at target? What do I need at the grocery store? You know, and commanding your mind to come um, into obedience under your spirit, which is connected totally to his spirit. Like yeah. in that moment, um, so good. You know, in that moment and just, and I just find that it's much, much, much easier to get to that place with worship. Yeah. Um, agreed. Starting out agreed. with worship. Um, it just ushers in the spirit, like, like nothing else. Um, and it changes your heart posture too. When we get to that place of worship. So we're, we're coming up on the end of our time here, Sarah, I think we could do a whole other podcast on this other subject of just open doors and sozo and saved and healed and delivered. Maybe we'll have to do that. But like, what's one thing you want to leave anybody listening with this today? If they connect with your story, maybe they're going through this, you know, cancer journey themselves. Like, what's the one thing that you would leave them with today? You know, obviously people are going to go through the the natural steps in the natural world with doctors and, and whatever else. But um, it's all about, it's all about the spirit. That's where the power is. That's where the power to fight is. Um that's, that's what gets you through it. And that's what brings you through an entire journey like this with complete joy every day. You know, I would wake up every morning, even when I'm so sick with chemo that I can't get out of bed. I mean, hopefully I won't have to run to the bathroom. Right. Oh, and by the way, I was never nauseous and never threw up, which yeah, is that's awesome. unheard of. With That's this not my story. <laughs> it's No, it's just, it's unheard of. But every day I would wake up and even if I couldn't squeak the words out of my mouth, I would whisper them this is going to be the best day of my life. And it's just fighting it in the spirit and holding on to that joy and being stubborn and not succumbing to that fear and telling it where it can go. Yeah. It just, it's the fight is in the spirit. That's, and if, if you don't understand that um, in the middle of one of these fights, learn it. Yeah. Do everything you can to find the resources to learn how to do that. So to close our time today, Sarah, I just feel really strongly that you need to just release a blessing of healing over anybody listening uh, to this today. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll pray and, and bless them. Lord, I just, I thank you, Lord, for this journey. Lord, I thank you for this story. I thank you for this testimony, Lord. There is so much power in the truth. And the truth is that you died not only to save us, but to heal and deliver us. And Lord, we just stand in even repentance of the church where we've come short and only taught about salvation and not about full healing and deliverance, Lord. 
And Jesus, I just release a blessing over everyone listening today to everyone who is currently facing um, not even a health battle. It doesn't have to be a health battle, but any, any battle or giants in their life, Lord, I just release the, the ability to learn to fight in the spirit. I release the desire for spiritual gifts, Lord. Your word says to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, Lord. And it just, as we desire them, we get closer to the giver, Lord. And this just gives us more confidence um, and more, more willingness to continue to fight, Lord. Your ways are not our ways. They're so much further above, Lord. And you've just, you've given us these weapons, Lord. I just release not only the ability, but the desire for this, Lord. And for all the people who aren't in the middle of something, but Lord, you know, this world, this world isn't easy. Um, and things come up. We're all going to go through things, Lord. So I just release a supernatural, um, ability to remember this conversation when giants come up in their life. Yeah. And so the very first instinct is to just turn straight to you and not to succumb to the lies of the enemy that are being whispered in their ears. Mm. I just release supernatural miracles um, and supernatural solutions over all these people and in their lives, Lord. And I just ask you to bless them abundantly more than they could ask, think, or imagine in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I stand in agreement with everything that was said today. I'll throw some resources in the show notes if you are wanting to deepen your walk um, like this, but just keep in mind, Sarah and I have been studying in school for two years. Um, so if it doesn't all make sense right now, just ask the Lord for, you know, spiritual understanding because he'll help you in this journey for sure. So thanks for listening with us today. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.